Dude, I went to the I went to like the city docks yesterday and I found two ammonite. It was great. Did you like bow before you caught them or what'd you do? Absolutely. Okay, good. I I can't wait till the Pokemon Go update where you can catch a missing no and inf- get infinite Pokeballs. And you do it by running on a beach. <laughs> yeah, you just like you walk you run back and forth a couple of times and then missing no appears. And unlike all the other Pokemon, it's just flat. It's 2D. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't catch it. You have to just see it and then run away. Because if you catch it, you'll actually glitch everything and bad things will happen. Your phone just blows up in your hand. You are listening to Expert Citation, Episode 2. Genetics, General Education, and Geodude. citation uh i'm joe quavis the paleontologist and joining me as always are i'm kelsey mccoy the biophysicist and i'm tyler birch the normal physicist so uh, expert citation is a show where we three sit down every week and find an open access science journal article and we talk about it so this week tyler found us an interesting article on genetic predeterminism i think was the terminology we used Uh, But before we get into that, we'll talk about how we've been doing in science this week uh, as early career scientists trying to navigate the difficult ivory tower, Uh, and then we'll get into the paper itself. So, uh, because Tyler introduced himself last, he's going first on the introductions. Uh, Yeah, so uh, my my week has been okay. Um, I've been fighting uh, some issues in code as usual, which is basically my entire life. so basically what I've found is that um, the position of a certain vertex that I'm supposed to be studying is not being reported as uh, was previously thought. Um, and I'm working on currently my third method of accessing that. Um, the other two have reported uh, wrong solutions. And so I've been trying to figure out um, if it's an issue within the code itself or if it's an issue Um, more fundamentally and fix it essentially Um, so debugging but um, debugging at a a deeper level than i've been debugging before so that's helpful and good a problem solving exercise yeah yeah Um, i have a pretty good attitude about it right now so that's positive yeah that's good kelsey yeah i've been doing pretty well um on the bright side my uh, sample preparation stuff is coming along really nicely. I had some really positive results. Uh, Some things are working out that I have been working on for a while. But of course, because as soon as you have a sample, the instrument crashes, the instrument is down. (laughs) The gyrotron quenched. And now we can't use it for like three weeks. So that's fun. Uh, Also, I've been reading for my qualifying exam because that's either happening two weeks from yesterday or in September, depending on when my committee gets back to me. 
So, but either way, it's useful to start studying now because it could be two weeks from now. <laughs> yes, it could be in two weeks. Uh, so, and my and yesterday, my advisor, my PI, came in and was like and handed me a a side project. So, yeah, That's I've been fun. pretty busy. But uh, no, it's going well though. I'm making progress. Um, yeah, things are moving. Yeah, yeah. I'm about a month out from my uh, my quals are in a month, and so. Yeah, I spent about six hours today just doing thermo problems, so my brain's kind of mush. Yeah, I've been reading about uh, uh, NMR theory, which is also mush-making, so... I don't envy you, either of you. Uh, I'm just, I'm in the middle of my lit search still. Uh, I found a lot of really cool sources. Uh, they seem to back up the data that we have, which is good, uh, because the story we have is a little weird and... Uh, the way we're looking at it. Okay, so basically I am looking uh, between 20 and 5 million years ago at what's going on with uh, the fish teeth in the tropical Pacific. And part of the issue with that is people don't really look at biological things in that time frame. Uh, at least not in the open ocean, at least not where I've looked. But we found results that show conditions that support the story we're trying to tell. So that's good. It's always good when your literature search uh, helps you out. Especially because it makes you wonder, why hasn't anyone done, do, done this before? Oh, right, that's sort of hard. This is a very esoteric and oddly specific branch of science. Oops. Aren't they all, though? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. It's very true. Like, you go to a conference, it's like, this is tangentially related. This is very, very tangentially related. Oh, I understand what you're talking about. This is tangentially related. Life is fun. Let's let's get to the real question though. How much has Pokemon Go affected your research this week? <laughs> I actually have a story about that. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. So for, it's not that great of a story, but um, so from my like the building where I live, there's a Pokestop like right across the street that I can access from my apartment. Um, and today, while I was at work, somebody put a lure down on the Pokestop across the street from my building. And so then I was like, I could just go sit at home and read and <laughs> and get all the catch all my Pokemon. Yeah, but that involved going home for half an hour. Yeah. I mean, I live three blocks away from where I work. Yeah, no, that's not so. an issue, but it's like. You're, you're moving three blocks just for an increased chance of catching Pokemon for half an hour. Yeah. The, uh, the office that I work in right now is a Pokestop. So, oh, yeah, so is mine. <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. And our servers went down for about four hours uh, earlier this week. And so the first thing I did was drop a lure in the, uh, <laughs> the Pokestop there and turn on an incense and just go to town for a half hour. Uh, it it's good. amazing that the Pokemon Go servers weren't down during that same time frame. It was it was just our like uh, NICAD cluster, so like the cluster that was owned by our university. Yeah, uh, after after I got off of my physics class yesterday, no, two days ago, I uh, I just sat outside because there are two Pokestops like right outside the lecture hall, so I just dropped two lures and I just sat there and I got another Eevee. So life is good. There you go. Yeah. Caught a Clefairy on my way home from work, so today, like, so that was exciting. I don't, uh, I don't understand what Pokemon spawn at the university, because like, I've seen a Magmar on the radar there. I have caught 
a Jinx there. I have caught numerous Dratini by one of the statues there. I don't understand who's making these decisions or why these Pokemon are choosing uh, to live at the University of California at San Diego. It does not make any sense. I've only caught Zubats and Pidgeys on campus. I've caught... Which, I mean, you know, Pidgeys are just everywhere. I've caught a ton of Slowpoke in my office building, which is probably indicative of something, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I sort of envy you, because what I really want out of this game is just a super overpowered Slowbro. (laughs) Isn't that what everyone wants? Anyway, science. Actual science. Yeah, so uh, as I stated before, Tyler found this week's uh, paper. Thank you. So you're going to blame me for Uh, it. it Yeah, it was in Nature's Scientific Reports. And the particle physicist brought us the paper on genetics. Well, it was between this or like a few papers on quantum mechanics, and I figured that that might be a bit much. So, yeah. I mean, considering your your storied relationship with quantum mechanics. Yeah, I hate it. I, I feel like this is honestly probably safer. <laughs> probably. Uh, so this uh, paper is entitled "Genetics Affects Choice of Academic Subjects as Well as Achievement." Uh, by Rimfeld, Ayurek, Dale, Kovis, and Plowman. And it focuses on the British educational system. Universities include King's College London, not to be confused with Columbia University, uh, University of New Mexico, University of London, Tomsk State University in Russia. Okay. So yeah, mostly, mostly British researchers here. There's an American affiliation thrown in the mix and a Russian affiliation. So given that it is a majority UK study, uh, it's focusing on the UK educational system and the uh, hallmarks outlined there for student achievement. Shall we dive in? Sure. This paper yeah. made me uh, very aware of how little I knew about the British schooling system. So there's that. This paper made me wish they had done some genomics. But, this paper you know. made me feel like it was a psych study that didn't want to admit it was a psych study. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a first impression. Like, I the mean, twin study stuff, that's really interesting. But you could have gone further if you were trying to do it from a genetic approach. Yeah, that's why like I wanted blatantly? them to do genomics. I was like, okay, so where's your genomic markers? Come on. So how do you guys want to tackle this? Do you want to do section by section or... Do you want to... Because we, ha- we have some very strong initial impressions of this paper, and that's very clear right away. Uh, sure. Do you want to air that out, or do you want to go piece by piece? I think... I mean, I think it'd probably be helpful to maybe talk about some reservations we had about the paper going in, and then we can talk about the paper, and then at the end, maybe if it actually addressed any of our concerns. Absolutely. So, my main concern is... Anytime you start linking genetics to something like intelligence or academic achievement, it feels very biological determinism, deterministic, which I'm always hesitant about because these things are, I mean, obviously there's some, you know, genetic factors involved in personality and in, so all of sort of the related uh, things like that, but it just always feels like they're discounting the effect of societal influences right and that always makes me nurture argument yeah and that always makes me kind of nervous yeah Mm -hmm. 
No, I definitely hear that concern. It uh, it's very prominent just upon reading the title. Yeah, I just echo that concern. Um, going in, I mean, I don't really do much in this area of science, so I didn't really have a lot of background as far as what to be uh, fearful of going in. But mm-hmm. that was the only main concern I had. I think so. Yeah, seconded. Yeah, I would. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, it just seems like going in, they set a lofty bar for themselves. And I wasn't sure if they'd be able to reach that bar convincingly. And the way they framed it initially uh, framed me to be skeptical throughout the entire first reading and the second reading (laughs) and the third reading. Uh, But yeah, it made me skeptical just because of the way they were trying to frame it for exactly the reasons uh, you've raised because is difficult when you're trying to make a link like that because sure there's this predisposition but there are other factors in play and how rigid is that predisposition and how do you even control for like they you know how do you even control for environmental factors and societal factors you know which aren't necessarily the same thing um which is why they do which is why they do the twin study but that doesn't necessarily control for everything Definitely. And it just, it feels like they just, anytime I see a study like this, I feel like they're just throwing some fancy statistics at things and, you know, declaring that they found something. Reading it, that's what it sounded like. Uh, So in essence, what they did was they uh, looked at United Kingdom students uh, entering their A-levels, which is the two years beyond compulsory education. Yeah, so in the UK, you're only required to go to school through until you're 16, and then you have two optional years if you want to go on to university, and that's called your A-levels. So. And those A-levels can be done uh, through various self-selected subjects, is what I've been led to believe based on this paper and my limited knowledge of the United Kingdom educational system, mostly framed through the lens of Harry Potter, but... Yeah, so okay, so, so in Harry Potter, you have your OWLs in your first year, um, yeah. And that's the equivalent of the British GCSEs, which is like the exams they take, you know, to be done with school. And sure. then y- your NEWTs are your A-levels, where you get to pick what subjects you take. And you're not required the, uh, to take It all them. makes sense now. So are you, so are you <laughs> required to have demonstrated uh, past competency in those subjects, even uh, if they are self-selected? I believe so. I, so I believe that, like, some you have to get certain scores on your GCSEs to be able to qualify for certain A-level courses. Right. So if you want to, say, do science, if you want to do chemistry and math and physics, for example, you would have to have, like, good enough scores in that in your GCSEs before you'd be allowed to to do that for your A-levels. Yeah. This is all based on having watched Skins, so, you know, don't take my word for it. (laughs) But it's consistent with what we've learned through Harry Potter. <laughs> Obviously, Skins and Harry Potter mirror the real lives of British teenagers. So. Yep. I'd buy it. So yeah, let's... Yeah, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense now that it's framed that way. <laughs> like, a lot, a lot of sense. That made way... <laughs> that pulp, pop culture comparison made way more sense than the entire introduction, which tried so hard to explain an entire school existence to me, and I'm just like... So it's like Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, the no writing words. in this was dense. They used a lot of words. 
a lot of them. To say not very much. Yes. So just the introduction more or less was just explaining the schooling system for like 90% of it. My favorite line from the introduction was, children have to be taught skills such as reading and writing and have to gain knowledge of scientific <laughs> theories and historical facts, and they need guidance to appreciate music and art. Uh, there were some terrible <laughs> Thank you. Ones. That is what education See, is. Like, the way I read that, though, made, it, made me think, so you're immediately saying that whatever you're setting out to prove isn't fully there? Or, anyway. Also... Sorry, it's note it's noteworthy that children may find certain subjects more enjoyable than others, even when their achievement is good across subjects. It's almost like people like things. <laughs> like you could have said that entire thing in a way that everyone could understand. And th- we didn't like pull this out of a super dense journal or anything. We pulled this out of Nature Scientific Reports, which is supposed to be the more open access facing side of nature. Yep. So it's yeah there's some i mean some of this stuff is like okay how much do you need to actually explain what should be common knowledge um right and that's always a fine line but some of it i was just like yeah no duh but like we were talking about uh about the baseball paper last week and that did a very good job of distilling baseball into something that was clinical uh in the introduction at least uh and even provided context if you don't necessarily have a reference for the sport of baseball and i feel like yes everyone has at least context for an education system and you could easily frame this in such a way that education systems work like this people are required to go to school for this many years and here's how the uk education system is different and special it no, definitely. Seem like it would be that difficult to reframe. Yeah. Uh, I will that... point out though that Nature is a British journal, right. so you know to some extent. While you need to always need to explain the system, they don't necessarily have to maybe go into such depth about the British system versus the American system because yes, you know they're British totally researchers writing for a British journal. Right, that's but... totally fine. It's just that. The way they explained it seemed to fall into that trap that um, academia often does and that alienates the ivory tower away from the public, which is they will over-explain what doesn't need to be over-explained and use words to obfuscate that meaning. Definitely. No, definitely. That is a problem here. Yeah. Yeah. And like they could have done it in such a... Especially because it is a British journal. They didn't need to go into such depth about it. They could have just been like, education, here's how the UK works. You should know this. I'll write on to the... Act- like, we're still on the introduction. We are not. E- we haven't even touched the study yet. Good segue. Yeah. The current study. That's the next part. Uh, so, like I, like I said before, it was, a, it was a twin study using a sample set known as the Twin Early Development Study, TEDS, which I guess is established in the United Kingdom. Yeah, if you look at the... Um methods section at the end i think they explain that it's uh, a large-scale british study of twins born in the think mid or early to mid 90s yeah that makes a lot of uh, and there were 16,000 twins across the uk or pairs of twins um and then there's 10,000 pairs that are still active um in this database 
So yeah. I assume it's like lots of like bio- biographical information and, you know, information about what schools they went to and how they did and scores and lots of lots of uh, stuff like that. Especially because the way they went across, uh, they went about this, they didn't necessarily need too much information on each individual in the in, in mm-hmm. their sample population. Yeah. Uh, which uh, and this is the point where uh, where it made me immediately think. So they're doing a psychology study, and I was already primed towards that direction when they decided to talk about education in general, because then to me the question becomes: How do kids learn, and is there a way that we can improve that based on this specific set? And yeah, that does seem to be how they're framing it in terms of like significance right. is, you know, they say something about, you know, using this, their findings to justify or not justify, but help promote um, more active, you know, engagement in education based on individuals, personalities. Absolutely. Um, it's just, which is a good thing. Way, yeah, no, absolutely. There are different there are definitely some very positive implications that can come out of this it's just the way it was uh the way that they seem to be trying to present it isn't necessarily consistent yeah. with uh the way i was taking it at least yeah there's definitely yeah, a point like halfway through that i was like did i pick a psychology paper on accident whoops yeah like i read i read the title i thought it was going to be a genomics paper like i thought that they had done like wide scale like genomics sampling um and correlated that to uh achievement and then they were like tyler posted the paper and i immediately went omg yes yeah exactly and then it was like oh no it's a twin study that's how they're determining like genetics um i mean that has like a solid basis like people do that but we kind of moved beyond that in terms of like you know, what is heritable. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So yeah, uh, the current study section doesn't have too much to it. Just this is a twin study and twins usually do the same things more or less until they don't because twins are in fact two actualized human beings. They are. It is interesting though that they, the way that they're sort of determining heritability is making a distinction between identical twins and fraternal twins. Um, and Absolutely. so uh people who are essentially or genetically identical uh and and people who are as related as any pair of siblings yeah no, and that so is the, the power uh, of twin studies yeah no absolutely the uh genetics is there just not to a level that's necessarily quantifiable at least not in a way they conducted their study yeah uh so on to the results just like Kelsey said earlier about uh, about using a lot of fancy statistics, the very first result, result subsection is, is uh, descriptive stats. Uh, and they presented a few different tables and graphs, which are actually fairly helpful. It's just there's a lot of information to pour through. Uh, really, yeah. the first result section points to the first two tables. So I'm going to jump over there. Yeah, there's this is useful. It's just a lot of stuff like a lot of stuff it's a lot of stuff and it's not necessarily well explained yes yeah i definitely got lost in the result section just trying to understand what they were and they're not even doing you know necessarily that complex of statistics they're doing like multiple comparison and chi-squared tests um it's just uh it's just a massive info dump yeah which is why it's 
uh, elucidated in a table, but in that same, at the same time, it's should should you could have definitely displayed this better. You could clean this up. Should we? You don't necessarily need all of this. Should we explain what's going on with table one exactly? Uh, so we've got a we've got a few different subjects there: uh, the A level choice, the humanities choice, STEM choice, mathematics choice, biology choice, physics choice, chemistry, English uh, composite, second language, history, geography, and psychology. These are the subjects that. Uh, these individuals have elected to take uh, an N, indicating the number of individuals who have elected to take that subject. Uh, male, female, uh, in indicating the uh, the ge gender biological sex split. There, uh, we've got the chi-squared value listed, and then a bunch of statistics variables uh, explaining the proportional relationships. Right? Yeah, the proportional relationships of the individuals that elected to take that yeah. subject so it's it's like identical twin this could have been labeled males. far more clearly yeah so it's like identical twin males fraternal twin males identical twin females fraternal twin females fraternal twins fraternal of gender. opposite uh, sex, opposite sex. Yeah. um which i mean also i had to parse mz and because so they refer to identical twins as mz for monozygote yeah. and Fraternal twins is DZ for, I guess, dizygote. Um, yeah. I it took me a while to parse that and figure out what they meant. Yeah, I definitely had to jump straight to the uh, the explanation of the table because I was so confused by the headers. My major issue with this table right now is like, it's so much info. It's a twelve by ten table just slapped there. There's just so much it, going on, and it just feels like complete information overload. And yeah, it doesn't actually absolutely. tell you that much. Like, it's not actually conveying that much information outside of just, like, the split of, you know, of each subject in terms of of each group. I, I just feel like I look at it and I'm like, okay, this isn't telling me anything. I think if you dig at this table, you can find something cool. It's just, it's not presented in a clean manner. Yeah. Which is yeah. something you want in when you're doing this. Like, a lot of this table could have been presented in supplementary info. I think, mm -hmm. an appendix of some sort, but yeah, it's a complete info dump. And I get that this is the results section. I get that you're supposed to present your results, present them in a manner that shows that you're at least building towards uh, some claim. And what I even show, like ultimately this table is just showing that, you know, as they say in this results section, boys slightly prefer mathematics. Uh, there's little difference in chemistry girls more often chose humanity subjects like is that all this table is telling you like and just... at the same time a lot of that is uh a lot of, at the same time that seems like it's neglecting the uh, societal impact on those choices yeah. yeah i mean i i start to read about sex differences and subject choice and i'm just like are you that's trying to tell me that that's heritable because thing. i don't <laughs> believe that <laughs> Like we could talk about that forever, why that's societal, but it's, you know, they like it pretty much skim right like over that. a solid genetic basis. Mm -hmm. Especially to the point where uh, they mention in the fo paragraph following the one where they also over-explain in text that table. <laughs> the paragraph following that, they mentioned that girls and boys do not differ much in their A-level exam results at age 18. So it's... Okay. Sure, they choose... Um, different subjects, but they perform at roughly the same level. 
So, what was the point of the first table? Yeah. Uh, I don't even the, know. <laughs> the next section further explains their uh, twin choice study using a lot of super dense language. I was not a fan of this section. Yes, yeah, I am, pretty much. Yeah, I admit that like I glazed over about halfway through the second sentence of this se- of this section. It's this... yeah, like a big part of it is twin studies are just sort of intuitive. You want, if possible, replicate samples, which is uh, ethically inadvisable in humans. But <laughs> these double samples do sometimes these replicate samples do sometimes occur uh, by happenstance, and you can look at that from a social perspective. Uh, and look at them, make broad comparisons between them, take what quantitative evidence you can, but at the same time, you're still limited. And I feel like this overanalyzes what Tyler mentioned was the info dump part of table one and doesn't necessarily present anything useful from that info dump. Yeah. I just really felt like they needed a sociologist. Like, yeah. Because... <laughs> I mean, they they occasionally reference uh, environmental factors, but they never break down what that means, and they never separate that from societal factors. Absolutely. And so it just kind of, it, it ends up, I mean, even if, uh, I'm, you know, there's, I'm assuming their statistics are solid and, like, they're finding real relations, yeah. but because they do such a poor job in terms of analyzing uh, the other factors involved, or at least presenting that analysis, it just loses any... Uh, I just... I can't really believe that much of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the design itself was actually fairly straightforward. It just did not come across in a way that they were hoping it would. Uh, and they sort of designed a softer study on accidents. Uh, and thus needed a softer perspective to analyze to uh, analyze the data that they found, uh, the sociologist perspective you mentioned. But I would uh, hesitate trying... to call that softer, but you know, that's fair. <laughs> but the way that they designed different their study, it needed uh, it needed a different perspective, uh, at least to examine uh, significance, and that did not occur. Uh, so discussion. Yeah. These results show for the first time that genetic factors influence academic choice, not just achievement. Sure, okay. Wait, uh, okay, what? sure. Where did that come yeah, from? Okay. Uh, my, I mean, that statement is so strong for this paper. That statement just irked me the second I read it. They do, I'm not going to even say they did, like, a bad job overall. Like, they did yeah. a job of explaining some sort of correlation, but they're so quick to tie it to a causation without any justification for that. And it was just so cringeworthy reading that sentence. I mean, and like, honestly, what I took away from their results was that, so, okay, they see this correlation. So maybe that does mean that there's, you know, genetics may make you better at certain modes of thinking, which might attract you to say second uh, studying second languages versus studying humanities versus studying math you know mm-hmm. there are just different modes of thinking thinking involved and gen- we do know that genetics you know is a major influence in personality and 
and so that makes sense. But when they start then talking about how it's influencing academic choice and, and achievement, and I'm just like, okay, I think there's a little and bit more going on here have, than that. They don't necessarily have a solid quantitative basis on that genetic statement either where they do look at the twins and they do uh, a very good job of statistically picking apart, okay, here's where the identical twins are going the same way and here's where they're not and here's where people with different uh, with different genetics are going slightly differently, but that's not as solid as you could go with something like this. You could definitely take that a step further. Uh, and part of this might be the whole thing where whenever you're trying to analyze a paper, you need to assume unlimited funding and assume unlimited sample size. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, and I mean, also, I guess I don't... It doesn't I'm seem not, like it would be... Sorry, go ahead. I'm not familiar enough with the statistics involved to really, you know, parse this, but so they're comparing identical siblings to, or identical twins to fraternal twins. Yes. Fraternal twins still have a 50% chance of inheriting the same genetic, you know, whatever, say, genetic factors are at play. Yeah, each locus. So it's not, I mean, it's not necessarily the best way to control for... Especially because similarity you know, can be uh, drastically different variability. from set of, uh, of fraternal twins. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just... Obviously, they're working with the data set they have, so... That's what they have, but it always right. strikes me as with a the data bit they have. Spurious. They did a great job of sure. They did a great job of analyzing the data they have. The issue is interpreting that analysis <laughs> subsequently. Yep. <laughs> Can we just talk about one of my favorite sentences? In other words, it seems likely that students choose subjects they enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. I, I also, uh, um, they also talk a little bit about how general intelligence, quote unquote, is uh, substantially heritable. And obviously that's not what, they're basing that on other papers, you know. And I'm just yeah. like, okay, but what does that mean? General intelligence? That's a highly problematic concept. Um, so maybe we shouldn't be making grand statements about that. Yeah, like they definitely tried to pull in a bit of sociology and psychology without necessarily having the requisite background to make these yeah. claims. Uh, and that's not to say that um, that's not to say that there isn't some underlying sociological and psychological factor here. It's to say that uh, I would want to be very intimately uh, acquainted with the literature and go slightly further in my analyses before I would make the claims that they are raising. Yeah. Discussion. Yeah. And I and I'm just hesitant to make statements about the heritability of general intelligence uh because I'm assuming by general intelligence they mean IQ which yeah. is uh a bit of a rigged system. Um Absolutely. so People don't realize it needs to be retuned every so often and I mean, and it's also it's... was just was specifically designed to make white people look the smartest. So Yep. You know, there's that. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always a little bit like, yeah, should we be, uh, just assuming that that is true? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Again, maybe collaborate with a sociologist. I feel like we've sufficiently picked apart the discussion. 
right? Yeah, we yeah, kind of yeah. avoided the figures there, but I they, don't think I, they were all that illuminating in and of themselves either. So I don't think they yeah. told me anything. Exactly. So yeah. methods, which is here, I guess. Yeah, it was basically like a tag. I, I read it more as an appendix, and it made sense that way. Yeah. No. It was it, like this is why I've been asserting this is a well-designed study. This is a well-designed study because the way they did it, it's a great study, just not necessarily for uh, for the claims they were making. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think given the data that they the data set that they had, which was hugely based on what they had access to. Um, this twins database they did a good job and it's well like you said it's well designed i'm sure that i don't i'm not a statistician but you know i'm sure the statistics hold up Mm -hmm. it's just when they start making these grand claims that i you know get kind of nervous yeah like one thing i've been told um through my forays in uh in journal clubs and in trying to interpret my own results is be aware of the limitations of your model because uh, mm-hmm. your data is only as good as what everything underlying that data is as good as. And they don't necessarily have as robust uh, a basis in genetics, at least from the available information. Uh, and so I would hesitate to make claims there, and I would hesitate to um, make claims tying any of the other results to any sort of genetic basis. I mean, and also, they do say that the the results that they find, the differences that they find, are relatively small. Yes. Um, so it's not like they're finding these huge effects where you go, oh, maybe that, maybe they're getting the explanation wrong, but maybe there is something there. Like, they're getting, getting these small effects, and, and so sometimes it's like, okay, this isn't really telling us anything. Yeah. Even if we take what, even if we take their interpretation to be true, um, I'm just, it doesn't feel that important. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely appreciated the fact that the way they designed it was a fairly robust novel study. It's just mm-hmm. the interpretation definitely left more than a little to be desired. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, like, in, in that this much discussion, they talk, they talk about um, um, how we're sort of finding uh, that... Genetics influences what you you know choice of as well as achievement might help lead to or you know might help support what they call a genotype environment correlation, which would be about an active way of viewing education uh, con- contrasted with a traditional passive model of you know education where students have more say in what they what they choose. Um, and how they and how they learn, which I think is a great model, but I don't think we need evidence of heritability t- to support that. Yeah, like you could just say that, like obviously children are people, and uh, it might be good to let them have some say in how they are learning and how their education works, because you know yeah. they know what works for them to some extent, you know, yeah. rather than adults just saying do this i know it works for you like why do we need genetics to support that right and that goes back to what tyler said was his favorite sentence here yeah where uh, students will select what they enjoy because they enjoy it <laughs> like right you're, you're right you don't necessarily need this strange genetic claim to support that so have we uh, sufficiently agent scullied our way our way all over this paper 
sure. I will note that they did mention, um, I think it was in the discussion that like, um, heritability does not imply immutability. And I think that was helped some of my qualms yeah. with the paper as far as, um, you know, they are making a few bold statements, but at least they're not implying that. So, meh. Yeah. Yeah. They say that high heritability of educational achievement does not doom attempts to have all children reach a minimal level of literacy or numeracy. Yeah. And they say that it uh, might just help maximize uh, students' achievements rather than say that nobody can achieve something, you know. Yeah, I- which is fine. It's just not necessarily a large part of their claim the way it was framed. Yeah. I'm glad they added it, though. Maybe Absolutely. Less mad at it the is... I, I, yes. read that, I read that the section and I was like, okay, somebody in this study is thinking about the... is thinking about genetic determinism and has put this in so that it doesn't all seem horrible. Yeah. So do you guys want to grade this? Yeah, or let's do it. <laughs> Okay, introduction, which, uh, mind you, also includes the subsection, the current study. Um, I would give the introduction like a C plus, maybe like a high C, not actually a C plus, because, oh, Lord, is it wordy. And Mm -hmm. like we talked about, it does not do a good job of uh, explaining what needs to be explained. Tyler? I mean, it's thorough. So, uh, <laughs> it explains what they're trying to explain a lot, just not well. Uh, so, see, yeah, I wanted to give it a D, but at least they tried. So, yeah, I'll, get, I'll give, give it a C. points for that. It hits all the main yeah. points. It hits all the main points. It definitely does. It's just, it could have been executed way better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Results. I'm going to give the results... I want to give it a really low grade just because of how hard it is to read and how impenetrable those tables are. But I feel like I that's too cr- harsh because it's obviously like presenting the results. Yes. I, I don't doubt their results, you know? Yeah. I just hate the presentation of them. So... I, I do feel like that does play into part of this, though, because a lot of your figures are when you're writing a paper, are going to be linked to your results section or your discussion section. And if they're mm-hmm. linked to your results section, they better be explain, uh, they better be displaying those results in a way that's easy to understand. Not even necessarily at a, gra- at a glance, but just a way that makes sense. Yeah. So I think I'm probably going to go with like a C, C minus, just because of how impenetrable the results section was. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, I pretty much come from a school of thought of if you look at a table or a graph, you should understand what's going on in a minute or less. I think that's reasonable. Yes. And I don't think that's true for any of theirs. Um, the, the tables have a lot of info, a lot of decent info. So there's some points back for that. Their graphs feel like they were just there because they didn't have any colors in the paper. Uh, so... I'm going to go with a D. Yeah. Ooh. Hitting them hard there. Sorry. That's fair. Yeah, I'm also uh, I'm also going to go with a C because uh, it, it did its job, and it definitely loses points for not 
displaying the information in a way that's easy to understand. Uh, but it did its job, and I can't argue with the fact that it did. Uh, I don't necessarily like that all these figures are presented here, but I do appreciate that they are presenting the data in some form. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Discussion? Oh, man. The discussion was my favorite part of this paper. And it's not saying yeah. much, but, like, it was the best written section. It uh, actually addressed some of my issues with the paper, um, even if it didn't necessarily solve them. So I think I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Sure. Yeah, I'll echo that it was very readable. It housed the part of the paper that I mentioned I liked as far as covering their bases um, and not making too strong of statements, but also it housed the strong statements. So yes. uh, canceling all that out, I'd just give it a C at the end of the day. Sounds good. Uh, I'll also give it a B-. Uh, I, think, uh, I think that it is very well written. But I do not think that... Actually, did I say B minus? I meant C plus. <laughs> I, I, I do think it is very well written. It does a very good job of um, explaining the claims that they are making. I just don't think there's sufficient information to be making those claims in the literature or based on their data. And I think that's a big part of what you should be doing in your discussion section. If you have a claim, you better be supporting it with, uh, with the information that you have either in your paper or in the literature. Sure. And yeah, you have to justify your interpretation of the data. Yes. And the methods, which is just sort of there. More of an appendix, but it's worth talking about and grading, I think. I yeah. mean, I'd give the methods a, a B plus, like we talked about. This was a well-designed study, given what they you know, had access to. My problems are more with the interpretation of the, and presentation of their data than with the study design, so. Yeah, um, I'll also give it a B plus because the method they chose, they did a good job with. Um, but yeah, as you guys were mentioning, there might be better methods they could have chose. Yeah, I'll make that B plus unanimous. Uh, again, well-designed study, exceedingly well-designed study. I just don't think the interpretation of that study was uh, as effective as it could have been. So all in all, what does that average to for each of us? I think for me, I would give probably average that to a solid C. To the C paper. Yeah, it's not awful. scraping by with a C minus for me, I think, because of that D. Sorry. Yeah, mine's like mine's like a low C. Yeah. It tried. It gets yeah. the grade. Doesn't have to retake the class. Good for it. Absolutely. But I do think that this paper sort of illustrates a common problem in certain scientific fields is that um, people are sometimes like, and I've seen this like in with gen geneticists and in biology is that people get very into like the quote unquote hard science of biology or the, the quantitative, I should say, um, science of biology. Yeah. And then that's the term I should have used. Earlier. Yeah. I apologize. And then they completely, they're, they're almost like scared of engaging with social sciences when I think that we should really be working with the social sciences, you know, when it's applicable, like in this case, to, to form a, a better uh, understanding of what's going on. 
And people just don't. There's this very, very hard separation between sort of the quantitative um, and the social side of, of certain sort of aspects of biology. And I think that this paper really illustrates that. So what do you yes. think uh, they could have done with a social scientist? Like what uh, additions would you like to have seen from one? Just more of a, a discussion of the environmental factors and the societal factors. Um, you know, they sort of, they, they gesture at it a little bit in the discussion, but just, I guess, more sensitivity to the social issues that are at play. And I mean, some of it is limited by their data source, data source, obviously they can't um, know everything or, but you know, they start to make these really strong claims and not just about heritability and, and genetics. And I just think that uh, they're ignoring kind of major factors. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it would add further context to any claims they would be making and in turn also temper any claims that they would be making, uh, sort of draw back some of the wilder ones and add context to further support the ones that do make sense. Yeah. yeah. I felt like this paper uh, was written and the studies were done in a way that was driving towards a result that they specifically wanted. And that was something yeah. that irked me as I read through the paper. Um, yeah. I mean, part of that could be, it's also sort of, this is the sort of thing that seems vaguely anecdotally known as, I'm trying to phrase this in a way that doesn't sound offensive because I don't think what I'm trying to say is lining up with what I want to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. they're trying to get that Go grant money. Okay. Okay. Sure, that's a big okay. part of that. Um, I think it's that solely because of the environment's individuals who are exhibiting academic achievements are going to be reared in. That's going to, contrib that's going to be a contributing factor. Mm-hmm, definitely. Like... Like parents who have exhibited academic achievement in the past would be more predisposed to expending resources to ensure that their own children experience academic success. Well, I mean, exactly. And, and just like to the extent of, you know, how it's harder for people who's to both go to college and succeed in college, who's our first generation to college. And a lot of that just has to do with like having parents who know what college is about and like have been there and, you know, understand the process a little bit better um, rather than anything like inherent about somebody whose parents went to college or didn't go to college. Yeah. Even then, like one of, uh, both of my parents went to college. One of them has a degree, one of, one of them does not, uh, but they went to college in the Philippines. And mm -hmm. so the process to gain admission to a Filipino college or university is drastically different different than the process required to gain admittance to an American university. And so that is also in play where they definitely tried their best to provide me with some advantage going into uh, post-secondary education. But because they were as unfamiliar with the system that I was, they didn't necessarily have as much of an advantage there. No, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I just think there's tons of different factors uh, involved, you know, even from in, ter in terms of affluence, um, having access to resources, having parents who are supportive of academic achievement and, and all this other stuff that, 
is kind of all just swept under the rug in this paper as environmental factors. It's yeah. Like, okay. Because you could you can definitely unpack that, and you can definitely make some more solid claims, and maybe those claims would even be more interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is the type of thing that, like, sociologists deal with all the time. They have really solid models for controlling for these types of, of factors um, and unpacking them. And this is where I do think that this paper would benefit from that. Yeah, definitely. So how do we want to wrap this up? That got yeah. heavy. <laughs> that got really heavy. Uh, I think we did a really good job of scullying that paper. It, I, I do think it helped that we were skeptical going in. Yeah. But I do think that it had some salient points. It just could have been, done a better job of picking them apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, on a end on yeah. a light note, uh, what? I, I want to okay. end on a high note because last time we talked about hopes for the All Star. Let's game. talk about Pokemon. Uh, I'm trying to think of something. Yeah, that that's probably the most. What Pokemon thing. would write the best science uh, paper? Go. Alakazam. <laughs> Ooh. Nailed it right there. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat. <laughs> Close second. Mewtwo. Slow, I mean, it's a science project. It could do it. Although it only has like three <laughs> fingers, so it might have issues with typing. But. but they also broke like every IRB regulation in order to make Mewtwo. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We're... Po they also like are capturing wild animals and making them fight for them while they live in tiny balls. So, so like, clearly the IRB not the most ethical. The IRB does not exist the in IRB that don't universe. Give a shit. <laughs> they just letting like ten year olds wander, not even just like the city by themselves, just like the countryside. <laughs> oh, I know what we're doing. Uh, so let's go with if you were a Pokemon professor, what would your plant name be, and what would you study? And we'll start with Tyler because it's going to be the hardest. Ooh, uh, probably uh, Birch. <laughs> uh, Professor Birch would uh, be the one. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with that one. It's a tough decision. Not Moss? No, no. Not Moss? Uh, and what would I study? Uh, it has to be something. Oh, also, you should say what team you're on in Pokemon oh, Go and why you picked that I team. I picked team. Uh, well, you're wrong, Kelsey. Okay. <laughs> So I picked Team Mystic, uh, but just because I liked the color blue, I really was not all that impassioned about teams. Here's the thing about the teams. Uh, I tweeted about this, uh, plugging my Twitter again, nailed it. Um, Pokemon spent 20 years teaching us all that these teams are bad, like Team Rocket, Team Magma, Team Aqua. And then the first thing we do in Pokemon Go is go and join a team. Seems questionable to me. Uh, what would I study? That is what are a you good talking point. about? I, I did not get that from Pokemon Ruby at all. Okay. I learned that Team Aqua was a hum humanitarian organization bent on making the world a better place by expanding the sea level. Okay, you, you like keep that. thinking that. Uh, I would study the, the physics of Pokemon attacks. I think studying like the power output of a Pikachu would be awesome. There we go. Yeah, that's right? actually really good. Yeah. yeah. It's like really All right, good. So I am Team uh, team Valor, uh, in part because Pokemon Red was my first Pokemon game. 
and I have a sentimental attachment to that. And also in part because the uh, like gym leader silhouette when they showed you when you had to pick a team, uh, the red one was the most attractive, so I picked that one. Um, which is a great reason, I know. Uh, and then I think I'd be, uh, prof- I'd be Professor Maple. And because Minnesota is basically Canada, <laughs> it's true. Um, and then I think I would study the biology of evolution, like the evolution, Pokemon evolution process, like how that like happens. Like what Team Mystic does? Is that what you're saying? Okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Don't need to justify my choices. Okay. So. I picked the blue team because I'm colorblind. That's the only color I can see. Uh, but uh, my name would be Professor De Palma, named after famed film director Brian De Palma. Also because I live at the beach. Uh, and I would study Pokemon fossils, question mark, and nothing would change. Good. So you just study like the uh, the fossils of the the helix. So, uh, I don't know what I'm talking Praise about. Helix. we're getting really deep into pokemon right now and i do have to go back to work so i think Um, we found the correct high note good job everybody we'll see you next week all right oh are we gonna plug twitters yeah Uh, so kelsey go and then go uh yeah so i am on tumblr at adventures in chemistry i also run the uh expert citation tumblr which is just expert citation and I'm on Twitter at ADVS in chem. Good job. I only exist on Twitter, and it's at Tyler J. Birch. Uh, I'm also on the Twitter. I'm at JLM Quavis. Uh, hey, follow the show. Just like Kelsey said, we're on the Tumblrs uh, on Expert Citation. We're also on WordPress at expertcitation.wordpress.com and on the Twitters at Expert Citation as well. You can also email us if you have a cool story that you want to get on the show, or if you want to just shoot us a quick hello, that's expertcitation at gmail.com. I think that's everything? Yeah, sounds good. All right, until next time, I'm Joe Cuevas. I'm Tyler, and Kelsey had to leave already, so bye from all. <laughs> Perfect. Expert Citation is hosted by Joe Cuevas, Kelsey McCoy, and Tyler Birch. Expert Citation is also produced by Joe Cuevas. Our opening and closing music was also provided by Tyler Birch. Find more of his music at soundcloud.com forward slash Tyler dash James dash 4693. Expert Citation is a production of the IamKuhan.com network. More great podcasts at IamKuhan.com.